Welcome to another episode of the Be True to You podcast, a podcast designed to question what we've been taught, talk out perspectives, and break through to be our most true selves. I'm your host, B, and today I have the beautiful Grace joining the podcast. Grace says a song that encompasses their essence is Sad Disco by Flip Turn. Welcome, Grace. Hi, I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Now, fun fact, Grace is my first West Coaster calling in. Um, and so we are three hours apart, which I think is so awesome. So thanks for making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Are you ready for our traditional eight questions today? I'm so ready. All right, then let's do it. So the first question, the three for one special, who are you? What do you do? And is that where you want to be right now? Yeah, okay. So I'm Grace. Um, what I do, I work remotely in digital marketing for nonprofit clients Ooh. right now. Um, I moved out to Tacoma, Washington about three months ago now, which is crazy. It's been three months. Um, I'm not sure if it's where I want to be and <laughs> all the things, but that it is. So um, I do really like my job. It's flexible. It allows me to like work on different advocating for different issues that I care about, like reproductive rights. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I like my job. Um, it's good for, for where I'm at. Um, since I just moved, I'm really still getting used to like a new place and new surroundings, um, trying to make new friends. Um, but I am missing my community and besties and fam back in Virginia. I was going to say, we miss you too, Holmes, but it's just been cool to see you. I told you this off the record, but um, and all of her stories and posts, she's going on the coolest hikes and excursions and like being able to like see nature at its best. Cause I personally believe it's best in the West coast. Yeah. So it's not awesome. unreal. It's unreal. Those photos are insane, bro. That's what, I, you know, you'll come back eventually one day. We'll, we'll all reconvene. Or you'll you all will move out here. That's that's the bus. I'm ready. I'm ready to come on down. I think that that would be a very fun time. Um, how long have you been at the job that you're working at? Um, just about a year actually. Nice. So I, um, I actually started it last fall in October. I had a period of unemployment for a while. Ooh. I that I um I had worked at the Hawaii State Legislature. I lived in Hawaii before um, two moves ago. <laughs> three moves, three, no, three. three. Three moves ago, oh my God, three moves ago. Three. Um, and uh, yeah, so I worked at the Hawaii State Legislature for about a year and then I had some, a long period where I did not have a job. Um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, trying to find a, a place where I had a better work-life balance because working in politics and the legislature and the legis in policy in general is very demanding and very um, high stress and can be toxic at times. So um, finding a better suit for me where I could still get the balance of like working on stuff that I felt a connection to feeling feeling like I was making an impact, but also having like my life and being yeah. able to go on hikes and do things, hang out with my friends, do things that um, are not work is important. Yeah, that's so cool too. I mean, I mean, three moves ago, like how many times have you moved in general? 
Um, well, the first time I ever moved was moving to college. <laughs> so that was one. <laughs> and then like, I don't know if you can count the different apartments in college, but I moved in then. And yeah. then I moved from Virginia to Hawaii after college, back to Virginia, and then out to Washington. Incredible. So, whatever that is. Five? And I love that you, um, you're you staying on the coast. You know, there's no middle section. There's no middle ground. Drove drove through the Midwest, and that yeah. was that was all that was all I needed. <laughs> no offense, to, no offense to anyone who likes the Midwest. Right, of course, no offense to anyone in the Midwest, but it was just something that we could drive through. You know, they don't call them flyover states for nothing. They call them drive through states. Yes, exactly. Well, perfect. All right, question number two, Grace. What is the biggest breakthrough you've had recently, or of all time? All right. Um, all the time kind of puts the pressure on, but I feel like as of recently, um, something that has been a breakthrough for me is really starting to use my values as guide to decision making instead of like what's right logic or my feelings or like the intrusive thoughts that I experienced. Um, I feel like that's been a really crazy shift for me to think of these values as things that are like, obviously still change um but for the most part they have like a longer span than your your feelings or your random anxious thoughts that come up and it's less it's easier to feel like making decisions based on all of my values will not ever lead me astray. Like I will never feel like I made, maybe not never, but I will, I'm less likely to feel like I like made a wrong decision if it was based off something that I care about or something that matters, even if it was a mistake or whatever, I can still look back to and say like, I wanted to do that because it was important to me or like I value this. So that's why I made this decision. And that's, I feel like helped me um, get out of out of like my head in making decisions and more just like following my values. Yeah, absolutely. Did you um, happen to see the Barbie movie? Yes, I did. I loved it. Me too. So you know when she was standing in the courtroom, one of the Barbies, and she said, I have the ability to hold logic and emotion equally at the same time. That's kind of what I feel like you just described to me, wow. um, where you're like, I have these values. I'm going to stick by them because I know that they're true. That's your logic. But also because I feel this passion and this drive towards these values, which is your emotion. So clearly, first of all, you should have been in the Barbie movie. And second of all, I think that's awesome. I think that, that it's really, really cool that you're able to really break through and find that side of yourself. What's like a, a situation where you feel like you've been able to really hold that true? Um, so I have been dealing with a lot of different intrusive thoughts and like dealing with like dipping my toe in the water of the fact that maybe I have OCD in some ways, shape or form, like and uncovering that OCD is not the way that it's portrayed in the media right um and so that's been something that i've 
I've um, been learning about myself. And one example is I had tickets to go see Boy Genius in concert um, at the end of July. And at this like incredible venue in Washington, it's called the Gorge Amphitheater. It's like on the Columbia River. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I was ha I was feeling so nervous about it and um specifically because there was a shooting that happened actually at this venue at the beginning of June so like not not that um long ago oh, no, no. yeah and and you know like that's unfortunate like that's that happens yes. and and that it sucks right um and so like one of the things that I have intrusive thoughts about is about shootings. And yeah. I was getting like, you know, going back and forth of, in my head of, I don't want to go because I don't want to be in the situation where I could be at a, a shooting, but I also want to go because I got tickets and I really like this band. I love live music. And like, I don't want to let this like, this fear of this unknown thing that may or may not happen stop me from going to do this thing that I want to do. Right. And um, so like if I'm making decisions based off of my feelings, then I wouldn't go to the concert because I'm scared and I am trying to avoid feeling scared. Right. Um, if I'm making decisions based off of logic, then I'm shutting that out completely. And I'm saying like, the statistical chance that this is going to happen, <laughs> which like, that's not very helpful either. But if I'm making decisions based off my values, I'm, I'm like choosing to go to something that I know I love with somebody I feel safe with, no trusting myself that if something bad were to happen, I will react appropriately to the best of my ability. And like, that's kind of, that's kind of where I landed. I went to the concert. It was great. Nothing bad happened. Yeah. I think that that's a good example. And also just a very real fear. Um, I movie theater anxiety. I have it. I genuinely, as soon as it's dark, never know who's going to just all of a sudden step out. And I have a lot of feelings. Like I feel you on that. Like I, I, everything just feels heightened and it's like, I love myself. Why would I put myself in a situation like this? But also at the same time, this, this, this things are like, it, it's probably not going to happen, but like it has happened. It has. Oh, yes. It's happening. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What I was going to say is like, I feel like a lot of the, the intrusive thoughts I have are like based things that are based in reality, like real fears of, you know, getting in a car accident or somebody I love getting in a car accident or, you know, shooting, whatever, you know, like I could go on and on, but like the thing about the way that my brain works is it just takes it to this next level of where I'm, I'm stuck there for hours thinking about that specific scenario. And like, that's where it gets into the space of like, maybe there's something else here to investigate because yeah. like those fears are normal, but like I'm taking it to this level of maybe not normal, but like, I don't know. 
It's a little, it's just a little extreme, right? Yeah. Because you know, an, an average person is not going to be worrying for hours and hours and hours and hours. They might worry for eight minutes, a second, you know, but like, I also have found that like, if I am worrying about it, I, I unfortunately am someone that has to go to somebody else. I really wish that I could internally resolve. I used to think that I could, and then I definitely found out that I couldn't. Um, and so if something is bothering me that much, I have to turn to someone and say, would you be worrying about this? What, what, what are your thoughts? Cause it really does shift my perspective of like, oh yeah, I have like a mental illness. Like I no, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you're normal. Like you, you wouldn't worry about this. Okay. Just checking in, you know, well, cause it helps. Yeah. But it's bad when all of your friends have mental illness and they're also like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah. So you got to have one non-mentally ill, uh, a mentally well friend. You got to have at least one of those. That's my, that's my husband. You got to have somebody as a constant that is mentally well that can, you know, take you through life. So I'm glad to hear that Jordan is, Jordan is that constant for you. I love that. Um, but yeah, seriously, just like thank you for just being honest about that because I know that it's tough. And as a mentally ill person, I'm I'm with you. You know, we're going to keep fighting this through. Um, but I am someone I would like to say if I'm realistic, like if you text me and you were like, "Should I be worried about this?" Like I'm going to validate you, but also be like, "No, you shouldn't be worried about this." Yeah. Um, so feel free if you ever need anything. Um, the second follow up question with that is, what was the reward of that breakthrough that you've had? Oh, I feel like just there was a certain there has been a certain level of relief about learning this new thing about myself and it with the clarity of like there is something here that we can treat and do something about and like learn about yourself to tone it down a little bit and um like that it's not just the way you are and that will always be the case and that will never change. And this is, you have to deal with this as it is for the foreseeable future. Right. Like there is um, like relief and clarity and knowing this new thing and being like, okay, we have this information. We can now um, do something about it. Right. I feel that. And I also like that, like, you're able to find that within yourself and knowing that you can be the one that finds it, even though you are also the one in the state of panic, you know, yeah, crazy. two things can be true at once. And you're a really strong individual for being able to recognize that and have that kind of breakthrough because people in their fifties still haven't had that breakthrough, you know? So I hope you are proud of yourself in your twenties for figuring that out. And hopefully you'll be able to carry it through with you for the rest of time until, you know, something happens. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, <laughs> exactly. Um, question number three, Grace, what is the weirdest thing you do that makes complete sense to you, but maybe not everybody around you? Okay, I had to think about this for a while, okay. and I think something weird that I do is I eat leftovers or non-traditional breakfast foods for breakfast and like i had chili for breakfast today <laughs> i think it's totally normal but i know other people think it's weird and some people are obsessed with breakfast food 
And that's not to say I don't enjoy like a good pancake right. every now and then. Like I definitely do, but I think I just get one, I know what I like to eat and I get in a routine of like a fixation of eating certain things. Yes. Um, and I don't like to waste food, but I also will refuse to eat something if it tastes bad or weird. Like I just like a avocado, I just can't do that. Very fair. Very fair. Very fair. Like eggs sometimes. Sometimes I'm in a mood of eggs and sometimes I'm they're gross. Like disgusting. They yeah. you know what I mean? It's a big wave. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I get I, maybe it's a control thing. Like I just get comfortable and like to know that I like what I'm going to eat. Um, yeah. And breakfast food just doesn't always do it for me. No, absolutely not. Um, my mother, like growing up, um, we would not, I don't remember eating like eggs or bacon. Like we did not, like we ate really weird stuff. Like I had tuna fish for breakfast and she was like, oh, it's because of the protein. And like, that's all fine and well until I go off to college and I'm eating tuna fish for breakfast and people are like, what's going on? You know? So like, I feel you on the non-traditional breakfast, like whatever's in the house, like you wake yeah. up, if it's leftover pizza. Okay, great. So that's what's for breakfast. Yeah. You know, like, um, a lot of my leftovers don't make it to be a second dinner. They very much make it to be whatever my next meal was the next morning kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, I would just like to follow up. That is not weird. It is obviously weird to me. You are so safe here. Non-traditional breakfast foods for the win. Um, what is a activity that helps you feel connected to yourself the most? I think anything where I'm moving my body outside. Yeah. So hiking, going for a walk, running, maybe, maybe not running. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a mixed, mixed feelings towards running moment, but okay. yeah, I, I just like anything outside and moving my body, I think helps me feel connected to myself. That makes sense. What's going on with running y'all beefing? What's going down? I just like, I was in the mood of going on walks for so long at, so, okay, wait, here's the journey. Yes. Thank you. I thought I had to be a runner because like people are runners and that's how a lot of people exercise. I thought that's, that wasn't for, then I realized that's not for me. I'm not going to go for runs. I'm not even going to go for walks. And then I came to this moment of like, you know, you don't have to go on a run, but you could go, you could just go on a walk. Yes. And so then that was a big moment of acceptance for me. I got it really into going for walks. Nice. And that was lovely. And now walks just aren't doing, aren't like getting, I'm not getting to that level of heart rate that yes. I want to be with walks. Right. And so I'm experimenting with running sometimes and walking yeah. other times. And I think that's a good good space for me right now but then my like perfectionism kicks in and I want to be a runner all of a sudden and I'm just we're not there yet so we're we gotta just accept that we're in the middle of running and walks and that's that's fine I think that that's great and if anything 
when we did the mile in in high school or whatever time it was when we were in school you had to run the straight and then you would walk the curve so we've yeah. been doing it for years tell your body it is all good we've been doing the run walk gig for many years at this point yes yes um but i feel you on that because i like remember the first time that like i had been not very active and so when i was walking i was getting everything i needed from the walk my heart rate was up i was getting a little sweat on and i was like sounds great after four months of walking i do my morning walk and i am not sweating i am not like feel and i'm like oh i've i've developed a tolerance dang it i have to work yeah. out harder you know like to do more yeah. um and so running walking i don't run as much as i used to but running walking is definitely like such a good like balance too i feel like of getting your heart rate letting it rest like i i feel you you don't have to be a runner yet just know you're supported um i like too because it's not running for sure but it is more than walking exactly and sometimes walking doesn't do it all the way you know it's a good good space for me right now i agree okay perfect well then let's move on to question number four this one's a little deep but hang with me what is a trauma that has shaped you or you are still working to break through um i think I think connecting my, the separation anxiety that I had as a kid to the current anxiety that I experience has been pretty mind blowing. Yeah. And I think like, I'm definitely still working to break through it. I think it's, it's just helped that my, like my understanding of my current anxiety and knowing that it's not like, totally random and this new thing that just came into my life it's rooted in like all of these things that have happened to me and or not happened to me or whatever it is um and has its roots in whatever happened to me as a kid i don't think that's anything super traumatic that i am aware of right um, but i think you know, the experiences that I had still shaped me into the person that I am. And I had bad separation anxiety as a kid. So that would obviously lead me to feel that in my present life. Um, right. I think it's also like a oldest child thing. I'm super into like birth order and like, I, I just love knowing what or what, where people are in their family. Um, super interesting to me and i think like being the oldest kid like one of two so not i didn't have like a long line of siblings behind me but <laughs> <laughs> um i think just it like it, at my core i feel like i am the responsible one i'm the person who's always ready and i have to be prepared and i have to think about everything that could happen and that's I think an oldest kid thing, but then it's like completely turned into this anxiety that I experience now, which like is helpful to an extent and then gets to be not helpful at a point. Oh, yeah, I feel you on that. Have you done any like inner child work to try to like connect to the young Grace? Not explicitly, but it's something I'm curious about. Okay. And, like, I think, I think, I, 
yeah so i haven't explicitly but something that i do talk to my therapist about a lot is like being okay with seeking out things that bring me pleasure and joy and like being silly and like releasing from having having to have structure and a plan and like i think those the the joy and the silliness and the fun like all of that is stuff that is i think connected to the inner child work that i um maybe haven't done that explicitly but like i kind of do maybe <laughs> I bet you do I know sometimes we don't give ourselves the credit we deserve I feel like you definitely have at some points um just little things like having a birthday cake you know like as silly as it sounds like because our inner kid wants a birthday cake who doesn't want or you know whatever birthday treat that you desire but something fun to like really put you know give it yeah. to yourself and so I like hearing that you're at least on that path because you know, when you're working with your inner child, they can usually be, you know, a little demanding um, and they really want these answers. And the thing is, we found out that we are never going to get them. So yeah. having to like relay that to your inner child is very difficult because they're going to be frustrated. And it's obviously you're the one feeling all the feelings. Um, so you're going to feel that too. But I think that if you like keep working at it because it sounds like you're on the right path. Like you, you know, this, the question is literally about like something you're still working to break through. Um, be proud of yourself in that because it definitely is something that's like going to continue. We're only going to get older and soon we're going to have to be telling our 20, you know, 20 something selves, 26, 27. How old are you? 26, 26. You're going to tell your 26 year old self something at 40. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, it, it's going to be an ongoing thing. So if you're already working at it and trying and doing little things like that, your 40 year old self will thank you, you know? Yeah, totally. Cool. Let's see. Um, question number five, what are some common barriers, Grace, that you feel like prevent people from being authentic and fully true to themselves? I think, I think fear generally, but I think fear of conflict is a big one and covers a lot of different ways that people change and mold themselves in whatever situation that they're in, like myself included for sure. Um, I feel like it takes confidence and connection with yourself and like feeling safe to be true to you are or true to who you are um and like fear and conflict i feel like go truly hand in hand um so yeah what would you say to those people that maybe not are not able to be fully true to themselves right now that are letting fear kind of control what's going on in their world what would you say if they could hear you i feel like i would say one take it easy on yourself and give yourself time to and, and space to reflect and like be be nice to yourself yeah. and to also like just baby steps, like start small with things and people that you feel safer with and expressing those, the thoughts and feelings you have with them. And I feel like that'll give you the, the experience and the practice and the validation to that is like that it's okay and celebrated to be who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just nailed it. Um, this is something my therapist told me um, is just start small. Having small goals and completing small goals 
with obviously working towards a big goal is important because then at least you're hitting mile markers. At least you can say you have achievements. Yeah. I would say things like drastic things, like I'm gonna lose a hundred pounds. And my therapist would be like, see, love the idea, love the energy, make it 10. You know, like take it down to something yeah. that's realistic because if you if you lose a hundred, great, but like you're you're probably not you're probably not gonna lose a hundred pounds all in one segment. Start yeah. with 10 and do that 10 times if that's what you want kind of thing. Um, yeah. Smart goal. You know, exactly. Yes, exactly. So I love that. I mean, you even think about like jobs too. Like you start off as like an entry level. You have to start smaller to get where you want to go. Um, and I think that that's great advice. I don't think we've heard that before. And if we have, I'm sorry to whoever said it, but I don't remember it. I think Grace said it best. Um, <laughs> So thanks. So I think that's some really, really good advice. Um, question number six, Grace, you find yourself in a space where you aren't able to be true to who you are. How do you respond? I feel like my first instinct is definitely to sink into my head, which yeah. leads me to shutting down or at least like on the path to shutting down, which is not the best, but I think once I'm able to take a moment to recognize what's happening, then I like to kind of try to get out of my head and start asking a lot of questions, like asking silly, dumb, fun questions that are low threat and try to like connect with whoever I'm with in a way that's like not, you know, what's your darkest secret or right. right. Who did you vote for or you know like not like you know things that you know will bring up deeper heavier right material you know yeah. my favorites my current favorite is this is so dumb um sorry to my friend who who brought this up to me but um is what if you could have a drink come out of each one of your five fingers, what would those five drinks be? And like, you would have access to that, those drinks at all times. You wouldn't have to pay for it. You can be like, you can be super strategic with it. You can be fun with it. Like it's such a fun question and you can literally spend hours debating what your five drinks. What are your drinks? I have to know. Also, it's fun to be really specific with them. Like, for example, one of my go-tos is this specific green smoothie from food truck in Honolulu. Like that I that in in Washington, I don't have access to that, but if it's on my finger, I can have that whenever I want. Yes. Um, or you know, somebody's go-to is always like Tito's vodka. So right. always like you never have to buy that, you just have it on your finger. Um so those, I don't know, it's just fun to, it's a fun question. No, I, I love that. Have you thought about it? Like, okay, so we have the green smoothie. Like what, what are your other four? Do you know your other four? Yeah, okay. My other four are fresh squeezed lemonade. Like, you know, like fair lemonade. That's totally so good, like ice cold. Yes. Um, okay, so green smoothie, fresh squeezed lemonade. I like, I wanna have a hot coffee. So like French press, black coffee hot coffee go-to yeah. and then an iced 
oat milk latte. So two cookies, which I know is a little crazy. Oh no, that would be mine too. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, what is my, oh, my last one is um, the Trader Joe's blood orange seltzer water. Iconic. Okay. Those are very descriptive. Those are mine. Yeah. I like you. I like those. I was like, I'm trying to or you can think about it. <sighs> okay. I will say, like, I'm a, oh, this is so basic, boring, boo, tomato, tomato. But I love water um, and specifically smart water. Like, if I could just drink smart water all the time, I genuinely feel like it makes a difference. I know it doesn't. Um, but I genuinely love smart water. So I would definitely have that on tap at all times. That would be a commodity one day. So, uh, like, you know, that would be that would be just nice to have on my fingers. You really hate you to drink that water from your finger. Well, I, I mean, it's so easy. I wouldn't have to carry around my water bottle anymore. You know, it would be just really nice. You just get it right out of my thumb and call it a day. Um, I just drink water the most. Like, that's it's just very obnoxious. Um, the second one, which everyone's going to yell at me is definitely a Bud Light because sometimes you just need a Bud Light and like, that's just the way that the world works. And I'm really sorry about it. Um, I would also have a French press, like Colombian roast, like co black coffee, hot coffee specifically, yeah. as well as my order from Starbucks, which is an iced coffee with almond milk, um, and have that come through on my fourth. And I'm trying to think of the last one, and I'm trying to think of, like, a specific, like, place. I love milkshakes. I don't know if that technically counts um, because it's ice cream and milk. Yeah. Um, but I, if I could have, like, a cookies and cream milkshake just coming out of my last finger, you know, yeah. I feel like I would be living in, in my genuine, like, perfect reality. Yeah. So, That's I was going to say, that was off the cuff. I feel like I did pretty good, but um, – yeah. The fun thing about this question is you can always change it. That's, so. a, yeah, that's such a great point. And now I'm like trying to think too, but like when I say those are like the five things that I drink the most. Yeah. Know? Like um, for whatever reason, I don't really like, now ignore what I said about the Bud Light. I don't really like carbonation of like sodas. I never grew up drinking them. And like you'll never catch me being like, oh, I really am craving a Coke. Like I'm, I don't. So like it's none of those, but like seltzer waters, I feel like they're not half bad and I'm slowly getting on that grind. So just hang tight with me. You said the blood orange from Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. I'll have to keep you posted. I'm going to make a, a run by there. And I think I'm going to just pick them up because I know my friend will drink them with me too. Um, and I want to try them. I'm trying to get more into the water world. It shouldn't just be the standard pack that I'm always going for. Well, Brita filtered because for the love of God, but, um, <laughs> That's such a cool question. Oh, that's awesome. Th thanks for sharing. I love that one. Um, what is a, like, if, sorry, to go back to the actual original question, which I'm so sorry, you're off topic. Um, tell me how you feel when you're going into a situation. Do you try to mentally or physically prepare for situations like that when you can? Yeah, I feel like when, when I can prepare or when I'm like part of the, the, you know, planning process of what what are we gonna do or what like what activities should we you know do i feel like choosing things that are more structured or like side-by-side -side activities where you're doing something like going to trivia or going for a walk together those are better for i mean i like doing those with people i am i do feel comfortable with too right. but like i feel like those are 
better activities for people you're getting to know or people that you don't feel like you're at a certain level with or whatever yeah. um, versus like, you know, very heavy eye contact conversation activities like going out to dinner or like getting coffee or those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I feel like those can be more intimidating and like overwhelming if you don't know someone that well, or if you're not feeling like your best self, like it's really hard to just maintain that eye contact and get into conversation. If there's not something else happening, like trivia or a puzzle or like, you know, another distraction that you guys can both focus on. I will yeah. say like, even just going to my interview today and being face to face, that was the first time that I've been in an, like an office face to face with somebody in a while. And on virtual, it's so easy. I can literally look anywhere. Like I'm not staring you down right now having this conversation. I can literally utilize my entire environment. But yeah. when you're trying to be respectful or you're like trying to make sure you're using quality time, if you're in your interview, whatever it may be, a date, and you're looking at that person, it is hard to maintain that eye contact for such a long period of time without feeling like, do I need, can I look away now? Like, is yeah. it? Like, this is a lot. Like, we're just staring each other down, and it feels like we're kind of staring into each other's souls a little bit, you know? Yeah. Or you're looking at me. What are you thinking? Isn't yeah. that, does my hair look bad? Or right. are you judging my outfit? Or right. Like, when they, like, do the slight glance down at, like, the pattern of your shirt, and you're like, what? What do you want to say? What is yeah. it? What do you not like? You know? Yeah. Like, exactly. um, I feel that. That's, I when I was doing that today, it was, like, I interviewed with one manager that was totally comfortable with, like, looking all over, using his hands. And then the second interviewer was literally staring at me so hard. I was like, if I break eye contact, I feel like I'm not going to get the job. I don't want to blink. You yeah. know, like how many blinking is too much blinking? Like I'm counting like every five seconds in between each blink. So it yeah. looks normal. Um, that takes you out of like your flow state and yourself. And you're not, you're probably not able to give answers that you would to the same degree once you're like so in your head thinking about the eye contact or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like I even did better with one interviewer, the one that wasn't as so like rigid yeah. as opposed to the other. And I like, I honestly feel great even debriefing about that right now because I didn't really realize that until you said it. And I was like, yeah, eye contact is tough. Like I was not, I was not in that mood today where I was like, can we be comfortable in the the silence for a second? You know, like it's okay if we're not looking at like, let's utilize, Oh, look at this view that blah, blah, blah. Like it's just something different. So I like the idea, like you said, like having a puzzle, a movie, like something's on that we can utilize. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a great way to prepare is knowing that you've got something involved. I love it. They call it parallel play for like kids. See, and look, inner child work. You're doing it right now. You are helping her all of the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Grace question number seven, what is your biggest takeaway in life that you feel like has become your driving force in life? This is tough because I like to have like a perfect little nice bow phrase to sum up everything that I encompass all parts of me, which is just not possible. Right. Um, it's but, not possible. But I think something that's been sticking with me as of late is a phrase that my uncle originally said, but my dad recently uplifted. And it's, if you're scared, say you're scared. And oh. to me, that just like, that's something I 
is relevant to me basically every day. And I feel like it's one, it's just so simple and doesn't mean that you're not going to do or engage with whatever's scary. You just have to say you're scared and either do it anyway or not, or, you know, respond in whatever way. Um, but being vulnerable and letting the people you're around know you're scared and trust that you can continue on with, um, with whatever's happening. Yeah. I feel like, um, it's so hard to do in like a work setting. Um, whereas like when I'm meeting new people, like the first thing I'll tell them is like, I have social anxiety. So I'm sorry if I ramble or like start talking about myself, I'm not trying to deviate. I just get so anxious that I'm meeting new people. But you can't say that to like your new boss, you know, what are you, sorry if I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And it's like, we have to find ways to kind of control it in certain instances. But I love the idea of even just admitting it and embracing it. Cause I really feel like it shakes out the nerves when I tell people like, Hey, you know, I might do this just because I probably won't end up doing it, but just to put it out there, just in case it just kind of solves the issue. If it does even come up, you know, um, yeah. Level setting a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, like, is there a situation that you feel like you've been able to say, hey, I'm scared and kind of, like, embrace that moment? Yeah, I mean, all the time. I feel like, um, um, like, the concert example that I talked about before is one that, like, that's a bigger one that sticks out. Or, like, I don't know, even going to the grocery store. I mean, that sounds so silly, but, like, just even anything little or if i'm worried some my my current favorite um thing that i'm worried about is like my cats and so i i will just say to jordan like i'm worried about the cats or i'm scared that this is gonna happen and then we'll like go on and do what we have to do anyway right. and just like i feel like i gave i give so much power to what I'm saying out loud that for so long, I thought that if I said I was scared or if I said I'm worried about this, then it would happen or it would, um, I would manifest it, which I, I think manifesting is kind of bullshit for that reason, just because I can't control the future. And if I could, then I would, um, and whatnot, that's a whole separate rant, but, um, (laughs) but like just saying, just saying, I'm worried about this, or this is scaring me, and then continuing on. I think, like, it takes the, it takes the power away from it, and out like it's so much bigger in my head. And if I just say I'm scared, if you're scared, say you're scared. Hey, he said it best. I love that your uncle and your dad. Like, it's. No, it's so I mean, at least maybe they because i personally think everything is genetic like they maybe have been dealing with this too and they're giving advice to their younger selves you know like who are in similar situations and now they get to pass this on to you someone that they know is younger and might be experiencing the same things um so you know first of all blame them for your problems and then also you know it sounds like a really good useful tool you know just to be able to state it out loud say what it is and then don't let it take control you know Totally. Awesome. Um, Grace, we're wrapping up here. Question number eight. What is a question that you would like to ask the audience listening today? Well, I kind of want to ask everybody the finger. 
knew it. I was really hoping you would say that. So say the question again. Okay. The question is, if you could have a drink come out of each of your five fingers, so just on one hand, what would each of them, what would each drink be? Basically just pick five five drinks that you want to have access to at all times. Yes, absolutely. Not as fun that way, but... I that's not maybe I should change mine from water. I just feel like that's so basic. But um well Holmes, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Any last final thoughts that you want to get out before we hop off? No, this is just so fun and I love getting to talk to you and I know have known who each other are and have obviously met and interacted and you know, so many of the people that are important to both of us are in our lives, but we haven't really gotten to share that between us so it's really nice to talk to you You know what and i personally think they were withholding the <laughs> power that we could provide together and the vibe yes. that we would provide we're on blast yeah you know <laughs> we're on blast that's it we're cutting her out um i i very much appreciate that though and i was just really excited when you said you wanted to come on or you were like open to it because i think that this podcast, while it's definitely taking a slower turn, I don't release as much as I can at this point, and that's just because my life is hectic. It's so good to just connect with people um, and just find another person, whether they're mentally ill or not, um, that they're a good resource, that there's someone that you can talk to. So I just appreciate you being a safe space for me and just the people around you. They're very, very lucky to know you. I feel the same about you. Oh, thanks, Holmes. Well, y'all know the gig. Um, all the love, homies, forever and always. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, and don't forget to be true to you.